Craig here on the third floor. Welcome to episode eight, where Ray and I break down the Ten Thunders Yan Lo in Malifo third edition. How does a retainer crew perform on the table? Don't forget to rate and write a review for our podcast. You know you're our favorite listener, and this will help us find more people almost as cool as you are. Enjoy the episode. There are few things better than sitting at a table, unplugging, and going to battle with some friends. Welcome to another episode of Tabletop Talk. If you're looking for strategies, reviews, and tips on everything related to board games, card games, and miniature games like Malifaux, you are in the right place. This episode is a direct port from one of our YouTube videos. Be sure to subscribe to the Third Floor Wars YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. Howdy folks, Craig and Ray here on the third floor. It's time to talk about the Ten Thunders. Quick disclaimer, Malifaux 3rd Edition was still in open beta when we filmed this, so some of the details may have changed, but overall the themes should remain about the same. We are producing new content about Malifaux on a weekly basis. Make sure you like this video and subscribe, and we can't thank everybody enough who's been leaving comments both on our channel and our Facebook page. Enjoy the video. Okay, Jan Lowe, Dual Faction mm-hmm. Master. If uh, you've declared 10 Thunders, you're telling me that you've got Jan Lowe as your master. What am I going to expect to see? It really depends, and that's something about Jan Lowe that's probably the coolest thing about him. Okay. So, to answer that question properly, let's talk about what he does. Okay. The big thing he does is he powers up. He attaches what are called Ascendant Upgrades. Every time he activates, he chooses from one of five upgrades, and each of these upgrades gets... Slightly better when it attaches, the more upgrades you have on you. <laughs> so they kind of build off they each build other. They build off okay. of each other, and they all give him unique abilities. And what the flavor of how you play Yan Lo is going to be is going to be the order you attach these upgrades and when you attach them. So is there a cap? They're not to attaching the upgrades. It's just once per turn, star of activation, you immediately do it. Okay. Um, but every upgrade he has up to three... Gives him plus one to every duel he performs. Oh, wow. Okay. When he gets to three, he gets plus one to his movement. Okay. And I think also when he gets to three, his damage goes up. So in theory, then, by that's I should, I should anticipate by turn three, mm-hmm. when he activates, he's going to get that third one. Uh, if he survives all five turns, does he end up with all five upgrades? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so... Depending on which upgrade of the five I pick and in which order, that's yeah. really going to determine things. So, can you give me kind of a spectrum? Yeah. So, um, the basically his three things are murder, control, and, and juggernaut, tankiness. Okay. Those are the three modes he can kind of go. His darkest magics is his base attack, and there's a couple, there's an upgrade that allows you to take an extra one for free, and then when he gets to three, uh, when it when it attaches. Um, it gives him gunfighter, allows him to charge even if he's engaged. It just makes him more mobile for being able to kill. And like I said, when he gets to three, he does that extra damage. Right. So he starts becoming something that's a very severe threat. And then, of course, um, by the turn three, that's a stat seven cast. Ugh. So there's that. Um, two of his upgrade or two or three of his upgrades are defensive oriented. One of which is uh, like his flesh ward, which gives him regeneration, a bonus action to heal. And something else that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but it makes him tanky. really, yeah, it makes him really tanky. Um, and then a couple of the other upgrades are utility-based upgrades, like being able to get soul stones off corpse markers or being able to reposition himself, stuff like that. 
So that's kind of cool because, you know, based off of the board state at the beginning of each activation for him, it's at the beginning of each turn or his activation. It's his activation. That's even better because, yeah. you know, I could delay that and really get a sense of board state. I, I can I know which of those to bring in. So I, right. I understand the versatility is definitely there. That's great. Right. Um, how about, uh, you know, we talked about his offensive abilities when he gets to three. Is there anything else offensively we should watch out for? Is that not that cast seven yeah. damage dealing isn't enough? But. So it's, it's apparently not enough because he's got a way more... <laughs> More abilities, and that and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, wow, part. okay. So the big ones that you have to be aware of, he can heal. Right. Anybody. So that's a thing. Uh, he heals better if you have an Ancestor upgrade, which we'll get into when we talk about his crew. Or, uh, yeah, an Ancestor upgrade. Yep. Um, he uh, has a reposition that gets better the more uh, Ancestor upgrades you have. And then he can also re- resurrect Ancestors. Oh, okay. So he can summon. Yeah. Wow. It kind of. Kind of. So when you say resurrected, it, it's a to... replace effect. Got it. So Got it's it. not an actual true summon. Um, you do have to have a model that you're going to replace to turn into something else. But, I mean, if you're, you know, got a big heavy model that just died and you want to get it back off a of scheme runner, you can do that. Nice. Very, very nice. Um, and we kind of covered the resiliency, too, right? So yeah. depending on... so. That's kind of neat, though. I, I guess if you know if I've got a crew coming at me hard early, I can load him up defensively. Yeah. If I if I'm going to take the battle to them, I can load them. That's that's very very interesting. Yeah. Talk to me about his totem. Uh, so his totem is the Soul Porter, and the Soul Porter is one of those really really annoying not models because it's incorporeal. Um, it can heal. It is uh, like I think it's move six and it's got reach two. Wow. Uh, but it also has the ability to uh, move other ancestors, so allows them to move their you know move their move. Um, so it allows you to reposition off of a model that's really, really inexpensive on top of that. So it's like it's just kind of a, a, an all-comer piece that you get a lot of work out of. Nice. All right. That's Yan Lo. All right. If you've declared Yan Lo, I'm expecting some retainers, right? Yes, you are. So talk to me about that retainer keyword. So the retainer keyword doesn't have a, per se, unique ability like some of the other keywords do. What it does is it has a kind of unique thematic to it. Okay. So all the retainers fall into one of two categories, ancestors and non-ancestors. And all the ancestors, when they uh, when they die, have a demise ability that attaches a reliquary upgrade that is relevant to that model. Okay. So, like, for instance, Izamu. So when Izamu dies, a model within six inches, I believe, gets to attach the Reliquary Izamu upgrade. Okay. So what this does is it imparts some of the power of that model to the other model. Like the soul kind of like, you know, melds onto them. And this does two things. Number one, it gives them the buff I I just mentioned. But number two, that's how Yan Lo can get Izamu back. Got it. So the ability that's to, where the replace that's happens. where the replace happens. You can be like that model that now is wearing that upgrade. I can now turn that into an Azamu. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Like just thematically, oh, that's it's, really it's really fantastic. Cool. It's absolutely okay. fantastic. And what it does is it allows this playstyle where you can kind of almost be fearless. Yeah. Like it's like oh Azamu, go up there, go ahead and get murdered. I'll just replace you. Sure. And then so the non the non ancestor aspect of the tank crew are kind of all around bolstering that concept. So uh, the models of import here are definitely the Gokudo. Which are these, they're a hard-to-kill scheme runner that when they have a reliquary upgrade on them and they're turned into, they're replaced into the Ancestor, 
they get to summon back on the board from a table ledge. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. So they're kind of immortal in that regard. Yeah. Um, but it also makes them big targets because, like, oh, I don't want you to get this guy back for free and then still have a model after that. I sure. want it to at least cost something. So that's probably their only real downside. But um, then there's the Komainu, who are super tanky uh kind of brawler beater models that are going to get into your opponent and kind of keep them away from things like your gokudo they can take hits from friendly models like you can just be like hey my guard dog is here he gets that hit instead so that helps keep like yon low alive in the early game because he's another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Very squishy until turn three. So when we're talking about offense and obviously Azamu, offensive threat. Absolutely. Other big offensive threats? Um, the big offensive threats are probably really Izamu and Yan Lo in, in the crew. Um, there's a couple of other models like Manos, uh, the Risen, and then, of course, Yin the Penangalan. Uh, those two models can be offensive in nature, but I feel like their utility is probably a little bit more what you're pulling them in for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to kill stuff, you really are using Izamu to front line and, and really put the hurt on things. And then Yan Lo kind of comes in behind and goes, hey, you know, I have the darkest magics. Let's go. Sure. Cool. Cool. How about how resilient is this crew? Extremely resilient. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the replace thing becomes part of that, right? Well, not only that, but one of the abilities that we didn't talk about with Yan Lo a, a minute ago was that he can pulse out shielded to his crew. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And so he can pulse out shielded. He can pass out heals. One of the retainer models is a healing model. Everyone's got some form of either armor or hard to kill or regeneration. Like you throw all of these things together, add in the replace concept, and you've got a crew that's incredibly hard to remove. Yeah. And that can be a really big challenge for some for some other factions and masters to be able to deal with. Like, how do you stop a crew that is immortal? Sure. And that's kind of what the ancestor retainer keyword makes you feel like you have, especially when you get to turn three. That can be demoralizing. It can be. It absolutely can be demoralizing because, like, one of the things you can do, and I don't want really want to get into tactics, but it's like it's a really big thing Yon Lo can do, is because you don't want him up turn one. You can turn one and be like, you know what? Your crew is kind of dangerous from afar. I'm going to put on Incorporeal, the Ascendant Upgrade that grants Incorporeal, and my three actions are going to pulse Shielded 3 out to my entire crew. And then I will use my crew and my Soul Porter to move me. Got it. Got it. And then they're going to get into position, and then if you get close enough to shoot at me, everyone's got Shielded 3 plus all their other stuff. And if you do get damage on my models... I'll heal it next time. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm going to get to you, and that's going to be the end of the story. Right. So it it can be very demoralizing at times. Very nice. So uh, how about out of keyword within the 10 Thunders faction? Any versatile models that you like to look at for Yon Lo? Um, A lot of versatile models that I like to look at for uh, Yon Lo. Um, I definitely like Yasunori with Yon Lo, because giving Yasunori shieldage just kind of dials him up a little bit, because Mm -hmm. he's already really easily gets his damage reduction trigger. And then giving him shield, it kind of effectively makes him armor two, almost ad perpetuum. Right. Um, The healing is really good for that. And the same thing with, like, the emissary. 
Um, range threats are really good for Jan Lowe to have because his crew inherently is not very ranged outside of him. Snipers, so maybe. like sniper, well, snipers uh, would be the tax, but like Fuhatsu or Samurai, both of which have armor and hard to wound and juggernaut. So again, more tank is coming sure, in. Sure. Given those guys, shielding is almost like superfluous at that point. They're already almost impossible to kill. So what is what is Yan Lowe and this crew afraid of? Um, he's afraid of people who ignore armor. Yeah, yeah. That's a big one because a lot of his crew that is tanky is tanky because they're armor with shielding. So it's people who can ignore armor, people who can ignore shielding. Analyze weakness, I think, is the trigger. Yeah, or that, uh, precise is another one of yeah, ability. Yeah. Uh, those kind of triggers, definitely. Anything that can alpha, he's, he has to respect because he's like defense three Oof. when he starts out. It's buffing him up. He's defense and willpower three or defense three, willpower four. No defensive stats. Got it. Like, his defensive stats are what he gets from his upgrades. Got it. So if you can get to him, the only thing stopping your opponent from killing you is the fact that you have 12 wounds and stones. Got it. And because you're running elite heavy with Yan Lo, you may not be running a lot of stones because trying to pick which ancestor to take is like Manos gives regeneration when he dies, Izamu gives armor when he dies, you know... All these various things. It's like trying to pick which ones you're going to take. You run out of stones really quick playing with him. I can see that. But kind of the the goal is is that you're so impassable as a crew that you don't need to have a ton of stones. Yep. Yep. But but there but there is. There is the opportunity to run into a crew that could that could make a bad day for Jan Lowe. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. if you can get in and you can get past that front line that's trying to protect him, and that's why I think Komainu are kind of almost an auto-take with him because they can they can sack themselves to attacks. Right. Um, if you can get through to him or if you have snipers and you can snipe him out, like early turn two type thing, even turn three if you can get to him. It's like if, just stopping him by turn three. If you can't stop him by turn three, you are playing damage control. Got it. Got it. How about um, what kind of what kind of player is going to enjoy playing Yan Lo and Ten Thunders? Um, if you like Super Saiyan esque kind of concepts to your game, then Yan Lo is your dude. Okay. If you like Voltron kind of concepts to your characters, I know I'm going kind of anime cartoon here, but that's kind of what Yan Lo feels like. Like you get all of these abilities that you can kind of combine and do your crazy stuff with, um, and he's ramping up the entire time. So it's like, and if the last thing I would say is that if you would like to play a crew where you don't have to worry quite as much about dying. Oh, okay. Like you gotta be you, okay with it. Yeah, if you like throwing models up and they normally get killed, and you're like, oh, oh well, that happened. This is the crew for you because you can. I always throw Izamu up, and he dies top of turn two or something like that, and I'm just like, oh darn. Right, right. You, you're now Izamu. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Just so, last thing, real quick. Uh, learning curve. Do you think he's a steep learning curve, shallow learning curve? Uh, how, how is how is he for a new player? I would say for a new player, he's probably not too bad. Okay, good. But I will say that the skill cap for him is fairly high. Got it. I think that's true of almost all of them, isn't it? It is really true of yeah. almost all of them, but Jan Lo for me really feels that way because it starts from his crew selection and then moves to every turn what upgrades you're going. Yep. Who do you put your reliquary upgrades onto? When do you replace them? Lots of d- decision points. It's a lot of micromanaging decision yep. points. So it's like if you just want to hurl people out and be like, you know, an unstoppable god, you can do that. And then it's fairly simple. But if you want to get some really finite, high skill level plays, Jan Lo can grant that to you. That's great. That's great. All right. That's Jan Lowe. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and write a review on this podcast so we can find more people almost as cool as you are. 
Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for Third Floor Wars. That's T-H-I-R-D. We'll catch you next time on The Third Floor.